I'm Seth for Privacy, and thanks so much for joining us on the journey to sovereignty. We're beyond thrilled to have a place for us to chat about all things sovereignty, the why and how of reclaiming your digital sovereignty, and to give you all a chance to chime in, ask questions, and join the conversation. Journey to Sovereignty is brought to you by Foundation, where we build Bitcoin-centric tools that empower you to reclaim your digital sovereignty. This includes our Passport Hardware Wallet and Envoy mobile app. As always, I'm joined by Bitcoin Q&A today, Head of Customer Experience, and then this week, we have the pleasure of being joined by Ivan from Breeze. How's it going, guys? Yeah, doing Hello. well, Seth. Great to be, great to be back and uh, once again joined uh, by some esteemed uh, company. Uh, pleasure to have uh, Ivan on. How's it going, Ivan? Uh, pretty well. We're excited for the chat. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you so much for being willing to, to jump on about this, Ivan. I think it's a really good topic today, especially as I think people are thinking more and more on the, the issues that come with custodial lightning and how we combat that uh, with more user-friendly options. Uh, before we dive in too much into Breeze or Breeze SDK, I really want to hear a little bit more about you. Uh, just kind of hear your background, hear why Bitcoin is worthy of all your time, and then how you ended up at Breeze. I would say the story, my personal, is a longer one, but uh, I would say I lost my mother because of money. And uh, I would refer that to the once bitten podcasts where I appeared when I get deep into it. But uh, because of that, my relationship with money was uh, on a very visceral level, emotional level. And uh, when I met my soulmate, she bought one Ethereum and wanted me to jump into it to make money. And I, I intentionally went into this space trying to disprove that uh, this is something valuable. And along the way, I found out that I'm absolutely true for everything crypto except Bitcoin. And uh, from then, I just started to consume uh, more and more knowledge. It started to consume my life. And at some point, I said, okay, this is my life's mission now and i have to contribute to this space because the fiat system is actually going to kill people more and more and the bitcoin system is going to liberate and save people um, from that and that's a worthy life's mission i would say and that's why i wanted to jump in and the story to be in breezy happened last October. I would say there was a Bulgarian conference where pretty dominant uh, people in the space like uh, Greg Foss, Jeff Booth, Natalie Brunel uh, came to our country. And I didn't think about it uh, second, bought the VIP ticket and I managed to make an impression there. And uh, it just started to connect to people in the Bitcoin space and eventually ended up talking to Roy. And out of all the people that he interviewed, he decided to go with me. Awesome. Thanks for, for detailing that a bit. Uh, and definitely, a, I think, a unique background there. Um, I, I loved talking to you a little bit before we went live and just hearing your passion for Bitcoin and your passion for the change that it could bring to the world. Uh, I think that's one of the things that is so unique working in the space and talking to other people who have really taken that leap to jump into working on Bitcoin full time is, at least right now, if someone is working full time on Bitcoin, almost always they have a deeply rooted personal 
reason to do so. And it's not it's not just a job for the money. It's not just a job to earn more Bitcoin, but it's because they want to spend their time on something that really betters the people around them and, and betters the world, um, which is a, an awesome piece of Bitcoin. I think it's one of those great things that really unites those of us who do work on Bitcoin and those of us who, who will work on Bitcoin in the future. Um, so thank you for diving into that. And I mean, Breeze as a team have been doing fantastic work for quite a while. Uh, I think that I came to to know the wallet when the whole value for value thing kind of kicked off in the podcasting space. Uh, and I got to know Breeze a little bit more, but always been a, a non-custodial lightning wallet with lots of interesting um, user experience, UI changes. Um, but you've recently announced a new venture, uh, and that's called a Breeze SDK. Uh, and I know when someone who's non-technical or not a dev hears the the letters SDK, they they kind of maybe tune out, thinking it's something that's that's only for devs or only technical. Um, but today, I, I really do want to focus on how the Breeze SDK will unlock a lot of use cases that are easy for people to use without sacrificing custody. Um, so, can you just walk us a little bit through Breeze's journey so far and why you focus so heavily on non-custodial Lightning? Yeah, uh, I would say even that uh, Breeze is not really a wallet. Uh, Breeze, the application, is just an interface to interact with the Lightning Network. And in it, there are a few, uh, I would say, user interfaces. One of them is the wallet. The second one is a podcasting uh, player where you can interact with the creators in the podcasting space and send them sats or send them uh, stream them sats for a minute. And the third one is a point of sale where for merchants that can't afford the fees for the fiat uh, uh, POS, they can download uh, Breeze uh, POS for free and they can uh, receive sats. They can add their menus into it, all their items, inventory uh, in it, and uh, start to receive money this way. And uh, as I said, Breeze, the application is just the interface for the Lightning Network. And that's the brilliant frame of work uh, and how the founders of Breeze decided to create uh, this lightning economy because Bitcoin with the first layer that solved decentralization and security but didn't solve the scalability, uh, that makes a very good store of value. But because it's not fast, it can't be medium of exchange and it can't scale onto everybody in the world especially for microtransactions and small payments that need to be received uh, fast. But Lightning has that potential. And in order to that potential to become a reality, it still needs to be like the properties of Bitcoin. It needs to be decentralized uh, and it needs to be secure. So only non-custodial solutions on Lightning are like, say, I'm sending sats from me to you without intermediaries. But if there is a custodial solution, that means that there is at least one entity between us. Um, so that's why the non-custodial uh, Lightning um, providers are really important because it has to be peer-to-peer. -peer. But uh, the road to hyper-Bitcoinization uh, will be through the Lightning Network. Because in the Lightning Network, what already Breeze solved is um, bringing nodes also to the mobile devices. 
So for free, you receive uh, operational nodes and you don't have to manage liquidity into it. You don't have to open and close channels. All that is taken care of by Breeze and what they coined uh, Lightning Service Providers. Uh, you're using the Lightning Service Provider um, Breeze uh, through the application itself. So you run a non-custodial Lightning node, but unlike, let's say, you run on Umbrella with Raspberry Pi, all that active management and all that process, uh, I would say the work and the knowledge that you have to accumulate is taken care by Breeze. And now going back to the original question, what the SDK is going to allow, all that effort that people have to do on building an application, now we bring it to all the apps in the App Store or on Google Play. Because if you are a developer, you're trying to think, okay, what is a utility for my application? How can I service my clients? And in order to receive money through Bitcoin, uh, and you find out, okay, there's this other way, the developers have to learn, okay, what is this uh, Lightning Network? How do I manage liquidity? All that process, like operating a node, needs to be involved in order to give that to all the users of your application. But with the SDK, we're taking um, that effort also from the developers. So in, let's say, a few seconds up to a few hours, you can plug in this software development kit, so the SDK, and now you're focused on, I want to make my app better, but through Breeze or through the SDK, now you uh, have another option for all your clients to send money to the application and not only that, to interact between each other. Because just like in the podcast player of Breeze, I can send money uh, from me to your podcast, let's say in foundation devices, when I listen to it, the exact same way can be in every single app. So if you play a game, uh, I don't know uh, which game, but let's say Need for Speed or Subway Surfers, whatever it is, the players can interact between each other uh, and stream sets from one another. Out. Uh, stop here uh, and leave it to you how you want to take it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll chime in. Uh, thank you for breaking that down for us, uh, Ivan. That was uh, that's really interesting, and I'm super excited to to hear more about the SDK. I know Seth is very keen to uh, to get under the hood there and and uh, get you to talk about a little bit more of the nuts and bolts. Um, I kind of wanted to take it back to basics a little bit. You you talked uh, about the current infrastructure of Breeze around uh, the fact that um, you know it's notoriously one of the well known facts about Lightning that running your own Lightning node is is very difficult for most people, especially if you're a, a newcomer to the space. And you touched on a couple of points there around uh, the fact that Breeze does a lot of this kind of automatically for you, which almost, you know, to somebody who maybe has not heard or used Breeze before, might sound a little bit too good to be true. Could you kind of um, pad out a little bit or explain a little bit further as to how you kind of achieve this and what some of the trade-offs might be to to doing that versus uh, running your own Lightning node on, say, a Raspberry Pi or a computer that you've got at home? Because uh, I'm sure there's some people out there in the audience that are thinking, well, this sounds great, but, you know, there's got to be, what's the catch? Uh, yeah, I would say 
the trade-offs really are about uh, who is doing the work and uh, i don't think anybody right now has uh, running their own internet uh, service maybe a few people but you have an internet service provider and that's the analogy how breeze uh, got the foundation where they need to go and how they envisioned bringing lightning to the masses so um, in order to have internet all of us i am paying an internet service provider where they take care of all the hardware all the services all the technology that behind the scenes and personally i have a preferred browser how i interact so my personal interface through the internet and that is really the uh, trade-off is exactly the same for the lightning we are uh, as a lightning service provider we are taking on that uh, i would say friction uh, or that work and that active management on our side and we present you with an option let's say one browser for the lightning network or one interface for the lightning network is the breeze uh application but with the sdk now uh, we can be the internet service provider and another interface would be another app let's say foundation devices have their own app you uh, take care of your users and you're the browser or the interface for the lightning network but we operate the nodes um, behind the scenes yeah, I think that's one of the, the big things that has scared off a lot of people from Lightning. And I think one of the reasons why Lightning has struggled to be non-custodial is because it's usually been either the fully custodial model of Wallet of Satoshi or those types of things where you're just, you just have another custodian, another middleman, like you talked about earlier, Ivan, um, where we're just kind of reintroducing the thing that we wanted to get away from with Bitcoin. Um, and now we're trying to find how we get away from having to go full self-sovereign, run your node, manage channels, balance channels, et cetera, and land somewhere a little bit more in the middle. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting when you're talking about like how Breeze does that today and how Breeze SDK enables others. Because I think, again, like a lot of people kind of maybe tune out the, the, the dev parts of things. But what this means is that a lot more wallet developers will be able to easily integrate Lightning into their apps and not have to worry about the the nitty gritty details of how that works. Be able to do it in a way that that still is self custodial, like no one's giving up custody of their funds. Uh, they're not trusting any of these wallets with their Bitcoin, um, but they're able to get up and running with Lightning much more quickly. Um, so is the is the Breeze SDK what your team created to solve that purpose internally? Like what you're talking about with how Breeze works today, works today, and then it's something that they just wanted to share with the the broader Bitcoin ecosystem, or is that something separate from how Breeze has approached things in the past? I would say um, the vision really was um, that vision of Lightning service providers plus an interface, just like the internet service providers and the browsers. But from that, uh, I would say, uh, framework, needed to because the technology did not exist especially four years ago the lightning uh, what it was uh, when it was uh, created and uh, a lot of unknowns uh, were then and there are still a lot of unknowns but out of that vision now you figure out okay what is a particular choke point 
or uh, is it decentralized? In order to be decentralized, people need to run their own nodes. And on the one side is the centralization or the choke point effect, or on the other side is the friction for the user's experience. So if you create a choke point, that means that regulation or any type of effect could uh, create problems in the whole system. But the friction, uh, for the user experience creates slow or non-existent adoption, especially at a certain uh, technical point. And that particular balance uh, needs to be struck. And if you alleviate those two points uh, through time, uh, you create the network effect more and more. Because if you take on uh, and make it actually decentralized what, where you need to go uh, and slowly at each point uh, you remove all that friction for the user experience, you become uh, really decentralized the whole system in the Lightning Network. And it started from the mobile application, as I said, is just a way uh, also breeze to figure out how people interact in the network. What do they need? Also, as a lighting service provider, breeze needs to figure out, okay, how do we properly manage channels? What are the limitations right now? How do we develop it so far? What was learned? Uh, how do we move on? Um, because just like uh, Elon Musk uh, right now doesn't know how to go to Mars, and it's extremely difficult, because nobody did it. And that is uh, the lightning network still for a lot of things because nobody did it. We don't know exactly how, and we are trying to figure it out. But those are the two factors I would say. Create decentralization more and more, but in order to be really uh, adoption friendly, you need to remove that friction at any single point. So personal notes for the user, were a way to figure out uh, how to really manage that is Breeze created the application to be in non-custodial fashion and bringing notes to the mobile application. The higher level uh, friction then becomes, okay, how do we onboard all the apps? Then you create the SDK. And how is the higher level uh, friction or a choke point? then it becomes the lightning service provider. So even at the highest level, even on one application says, okay, I'm going to implement um, the Breeze SDK. So I don't have to figure out all that uh, management. Uh, I'm still not uh, choke point by locking us to Breeze as a vendor for the LSP, but it's still open and you can connect the Breeze SDK to another Lightning service provider. And at any point, that is really uh, the goal uh, to uh, facilitate that vision. Bitcoin to become the medium of exchange that it has to be in order for all of us to win. So do you envision this as kind of the, the future of the way the majority of people will use Lightning? Like even the people who are running their own nodes right now, do you think that they would they would be migrating to something like this as the, the better alternative for, for most people in the future? Or is this something you see as continuing to kind of grow alongside 
the running a, a node on a pie kind of approach. That's that's the current one for those who don't want to give up custody. I would say that uh, it's not limited uh, to all the technical people that would like to manage their own nodes because there's an incentive to run your Lightning nodes. You can actually earn uh, through providing all that uh, routing for um, the people that uh, you service and uh, for the whole network. But for the average user, they don't care about uh, non-custodial. They don't care about uh, uh, sales sovereignty, that manches the terminology. They just want to have their money be secured, not think about it, and to be able to spend it the way that they want. And because of that, we need to compete with the experience of the fiat system. And the current experience for the fiat system is in every single uh, web browser or anywhere, you can operate through one balance. So you have one account, um, most people, and from that account, you spend whatever you want, even with the higher fees and uh, all the impediments impediments there and with the inflation but if we win in the experience game for example if right now you go to a application and you would like to buy internal gaming tokens or whatever you need to enter your card you need to uh, fill out all the things and then buy pay the fees and all of that if you implement the sdk now every single app can be connected to the same node. So you don't have to go, okay, I have one balance in Moon Wallet, I have another balance in Breeze, I have another balance in this game, third game, whatever. But all those applications can be connected to the same node. And with one click, you don't have to enter any additional things. Uh, with one click, you can send your money to whoever you want in that channel or to the application itself for their services. And because of that reduced friction, people would always prefer convenience. And we're going to beat the fiat game in the experience game in order to have mass adoption. But in order to be that game to be secure, it needs to be peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, it needs to be self-sovereign, what you're um, promoting in the podcast. I love that. Love that focus. And uh, something else that kind of has popped up, and uh, someone in the audience prompted this as well. LV oh Nilesh, um, is how does the the actual like monetization side of this work? Um, because obviously, for someone to be a Lightning service provider, whether it's Breeze or someone else, uh, they need to earn some income for that because they're having to pay hosting costs. They're having to handle the the inbound and outbound liquidity. They're having to do all those things that the person who's running a, a node on the Raspberry Pi would have to, but at an even larger scale. Um, so how does the actual, like the monetization or the incentives work for both the, the Lightning service provider and then the, the devs actually implementing this SDK into their app? Um, yeah, for the Lightning service provider, they're they're earning their yield by uh, just providing the services to all the people. So every single time uh, one person sends some satoshis to another, there's a network fee that needs to be paid and that's what they receive. If you, uh, let's say, have a big stack of coins and you 
don't know all the technicality, even now with the open uh, Lightning service provider model, you can add, let's say, 100 coins uh, as a liquidity into the network and be connected to a Lightning service provider and you'll split the fees. Let's say the Lightning service provider gets 50% of all the fees in the network that they that they are routing, and 50% are for the person that provided that liquidity. And on the SDK uh, is exactly the same uh, for the application. The, the model really is B to B to C. So the application, the application developers, there is no cost uh, for them. But just because uh, people are interacting in their environment, now they can monetize the experience that they are providing. So that's the earning for both sides. For the Lightning service providers, they earn through the fees of the Lightning network. For the application developers, that's depending on what is the utility that their application provides. Just to make it even more clear with an example, in the podcasting player uh, right now, because it's one way uh, to interact uh, with Breeze, if you send uh, Satoshis to any podcast episode, uh, either through Boost or through streaming, there is an additional fee on top of the routing fees in the network that we're monetizing that uh, transfer just like the Visa or MasterCard. And that's the economy for every single application when uh, you implement the SDG. I think that's one of the most fascinating parts for me is because you're not introducing another custodian, unlike Visa or MasterCard or someone where uh, ultimately your bank has your money, theoretically, um, but then the custodian as well has some, some debt or credit that's owed to you. But in this instance, you're essentially, you still custody your money, but you're trusting someone else to handle routing those payments properly. And they're incentivized via fees to actually do that properly. So it's a very interesting like spin on the previous model where you still have full custody of your Bitcoin, which is the really important part. And I think that's the one that like that I want to harp on the most, because as we've seen lightning adoption grow in a lot of scenarios, we see custodial options take over. Because like you said, there's there's so much less friction in those approaches to using lightning that even the more hardcore Bitcoiners will often just shift to using something like a wallet of Satoshi, uh, even if they maybe could run their own node or maybe they could use something as an, an in-between like Phoenix or Breeze or something like that. A lot of times they have unfortunately shifted to just using something that's fully custodial because it's so low friction. But that ultimately is, is harmful to the longevity of Bitcoin and puts obviously their Bitcoin at risk, puts their privacy at risk because they're trusting that custodian with all of their send and receive privacy. There are so many implications of us reintroducing that middleman and custodian back into the back into the process with Bitcoin. So it's beautiful to have new ways that developers developers can build out apps where Lightning is still the center of the experience, but you're not giving over custody of your funds as part of that process. It's it's definitely an exciting exciting step forward there. Uh, and I'd love to hear if there are any other ways that you've seen this used in the wild, or maybe just things that you want to see built out using the Breeze SDK. Because um, I, I really want the the listeners to see some of the ways that this can help them personally and not just developers out there in the space, but actually how it will affect their usage of, of Bitcoin and of Lightning moving forward. Yeah, 
Um, the first use case that is uh, public is the Satimoto application. They're doing EV charging stations, and right now you can charge your car with SATs uh, in a way. So um, that is it. But uh, I personally, let's say I play Thunder Games and I use the Fountain app for the podcasts. And in those experiences, um, just for example, the standard application they're developing, each game is another application. Right now, if you want to claim your uh, SaaS that uh, was a reward from the game that you were doing well, you have to click OK, redeem, then you have to go out of the application to receive it into the proper wallet, and then you have to go back into the whole app. With the SDK, because you're connected to the node, whatever you're using, a wallet or the, the Thunder game, which is, let's say, the Snake, or the Solitaire, or the one with, uh, how was it called? Uh, uh, Sudoku blocks, uh, something like that. It's a puzzle game. Now, all those uh, games can be connected to the same nodes, and you don't have to even go out of the application itself. You still stay into the application and you receive it into the same node. So, whether you're in the puzzle game or in the solitaire game or in the snake game, you still operate through the same uh, balance. Yeah, through the same node. That's for the games and for the interoperability of the uh, multiple application. But on the other side, let's say the Fountain app, it's kind of the same uh, case. In order to claim uh, my rewards for listening to a particular podcast or whatever, I have to uh, copy the Lightning invoice there and to paste it into the particular wallet uh, so I can uh, do the transfer. All that friction, even as an experience, is removed. And the best way is, again, it's completely sovereign way that you're not exposed because right now the regulations are focused on the crypto uh, things because uh, for me, crypto is just a trial for the CBDCs and uh, they're attacking their business model and that's why they're fighting the fiat banks and central banks and politicians are attacking them. But uh, when that fight is over and they win because they have much, much, much more resources, then they'll turn on to the custodial solutions that are on Lightning, on Bitcoin. So every single custodial solution will be the new bank in their eyes and they'll view it, okay, this model is attacking our business model. We have to shut them down. But right now they have uh, another fight to fight. But uh, when that fight is resolved with the crypto, then and only Bitcoin stays, then they are going to attack the custodial solutions on Bitcoin. Yeah, that's a that's a fascinating angle, and that's one of the reasons. One like one of the things I hadn't considered with this is that even in those custodial implementations, not only does this help them route around that because they're no longer custodying funds, so the the regulatory clarity there I think is is generally pretty good. If you're not custodying funds, there's usually not too many regulatory risks for like a business themselves. Um, 
but it also actually improves the user experience over custodial in many cases, which is a fascinating piece of that. I hadn't thought of how that could actually work for improving the user experience. Um, so that's a it's a very big deal there, and it's one where like. Obviously, we're talking now before there are too many live, there aren't, there aren't that many live implementations of the Breeze SDK in the wild. But one of the reasons I want to chat is so that people start pushing the the wallet apps, the uh, game apps, uh, the, the value for value apps that they use, start pushing them to use something like the Breeze SDK, uh, and really the Breeze SDK specifically, as a way to enable them to take back their sovereignty with Lightning to stop having to trust a custodial solution and to be able to use those apps that they love without compromising custody because um, that is that's a huge deal and it, it ultimately brings us back to to why bitcoin was created um there and before we jump into the the next question i just want to prompt again if you have any questions if you're in the audience we'd love to cover them um, we're happy to chat anything lightning if you want to talk about breeze sdk great if you want to talk about breeze is the app that's perfect if you just want to talk broadly about lightning and the, the state of it today lightning privacy whatever we're happy to chat about that too afterwards um so if you have any questions, be thinking on them now. Um, you can go ahead and request to come up on stage anytime. I'll let you jump on stage and then we'll do questions um, right at the end here. But just a couple more questions to roll into. Um, the other one I had, this one, I know it gets a little bit into the weeds, but um, I think it's a, a helpful one to understand the, the model that's been taken with Breeze SDK. Um, it's just what made you go with Blockstream's Greenlight approach to uh, essentially having Blockstream run the node for the user rather than doing something like a local LND or, or LDK node running on the device. Um, kind of what's the thought process behind using Blockstream Greenlight and then any kind of trade-offs that you can mention around um, how that works? Uh, sure. And like we um, talked previously, it's really about how can we make uh, more decentralized, but also on the other side, how do we reduce friction? And uh, the LND, the bigger problem is really the um, between devices interoperability. So multiple devices can uh, operate from the same balance. And uh, in order to do that, and eventually to be brought up into the web uh, space, you need to be uh, on a cloud uh, service. The trade-off there is really you are not using resources from your device, but you're using the cloud computation. But you still have the sovereignty of your keys to be on the device uh, itself. So they are not stored in a cloud, um, but uh, you have to secure the keys uh, yourself. So they're not exposed uh, there. And uh, that is kind of fixing the problem if you break a device and uh, you can't uh, recover for uh, some way. But uh, uh, really, the tech, I could not speak too much uh, to it, but uh, that's really the solution that's the most promising right now into the space. But uh, as I said, Lightning is a lot of things have not been figured out yet, but uh, we're focusing on self-sovereign 8 billion people. So that's the next step forward. The last real question that I had for you was I, I just kind of wanted to get your vision for where you see 
lightning going? I mean, obviously we could go this path towards custodial wallets and introducing this middleman and all these things that we've, we've kind of seen, especially in kind of the Noster sphere, we've seen that most people go that custodial route. Um, but what's your vision for where we end up with lightning uh, and how most people use it without giving up custody? What does that look like for you in the future? I would say uh, that the adoption will happen extremely fast for the next years when these solutions are really implemented. Because um, now we can really compare and be better a better experience uh, for the user. It will be extremely fast. Uh, it will be without borders. You won't have anti-money laundering uh, limitations. You won't have KYC. And I think just like uh, Thunder or any application, even there's one application on my phone that you're making steps and you receive some sats uh, for it. Or you build, a, let's say, a fitness app and uh, you integrate Lightning. Or you do a, a cross-border um, payments without uh, Western Union that are charging obscene fees. And people would choose that convenience much more uh, so when they start using it, even if they don't hold it for a long period of time, now we are going to really uh, reduce that friction for the user and uh, be exposed to the Lightning, to the Bitcoin. And once you're exposed a little bit and uh, you will say, okay, let me learn a little bit more. If I'm exposed in another way, I'm going to say, uh, okay, how do I solve this problem? How do I solve that problem? And uh, uh, that's how people will um, touch Bitcoin because of convenience. And every single user in the network, if you create one more node, is uh, creating the network to be stronger. If you are going to provide additional liquidity into the network, you're making the actual payments be the higher limit and even be cheaper for most people. So I think because those solutions on the experience front are coming out now, now we're really going to experience an adoption wave. But not only that, on the investment side, because of all the regulation and all the other things, Bitcoin will be filtered out of uh, the fiat system and the crypto system and people will go to safety on that front so exactly when exactly how i don't know but i bet that right now if there's a developer in sri lanka or in nigeria or in argentina and they implement the sdk and just give it uh, to people because of convenience all people will jump in because they're trying to find a safe place. And that's how we all win. The problem was that all that convenience was saved uh, for the developers. They went uh, for convenience of themselves and not convenience for the user. And uh, right now, the non-custodial solutions are coming out and convenience will win. 
I absolutely love that vision and just learning more about what y'all are building and kind of what's expanding in the the non-custodial sphere of lightning. It's really encouraging because I mean, like as somebody who really wants people to be able to do lightning right, it's really daunting to have to tell them you need to run Bitcoin Core, you need to run LND or Core Lightning, you need to get channels open, you need to find inbound liquidity, you need to do all these things in order to do it in a way that doesn't give up custody. Um, and having more options, especially having more options that are easily integrated into existing experiences, existing apps, existing business models. It's a really, really powerful thing because it means that we will be able to get Bitcoin and ultimately Bitcoin through Lightning into people's hands in a way that they're not giving up custody. They are actually in control of their funds and they're actually in control of their money, which is just such a massive step forward from the alternatives and even as somebody who loves on-chain Bitcoin and still makes on-chain Bitcoin transactions and everything, Lightning, obviously, it is a better user experience in these kind of instances where they're very small payments or where they, they need to be need to have quick settlement, quick finality. Um, so it's a, it's a beautiful thing that the options for being able to do that in a way that does not give up custody and that does allow you to retain your financial sovereignty are getting better and better. So it's a really encouraging vision that you have and, and really encouraging to hear more about the the work that, that you're doing over there, Ivan. Uh, yeah, thank you. And really, when people interact and they send money through any type of medium, whether that's dollars, that's euro, or eventually when they start thinking of Bitcoin is money, because they don't know the technical aspects, but it's just convenient sending money, convenient securing money, then the best money will win and all the others uh, will deplete, perish and whatever it happens. But when that uh, mindset changes for a person that Bitcoin is money and it's not an investment, then game over or everything else. Could not have said it better myself. I mean, that that concept of, of Bitcoin actually being money and not just kind of number go up tech is just immensely important to me and really the reason why I'm in the space. Um, so it's great to hear that others share that ethos and, and others building these important tools share that ethos. Um, so thank you so much for that, Ivan. Any follow-up questions you have, Q&A, or anything else y'all uh, want to touch on here? There's uh, no nothing else for me to add. I'm uh, just poking a few people that I know are in the audience to see if they've got any uh, any relevant questions. But uh, I think the insight that uh, Ivan's uh, given today around the, especially around the SDK, something that I've talked about on a, on a couple of podcasts. I'm super excited to to see what this is going to mean for for not just Breeze. Obviously, it's going to be a, a big game changer for Breeze, uh, but also for you know other open source wallets that kind of want to leverage all of the the awesome work that the guys have put into this to to be able to. You know, make their apps better and also uh, use that as a revenue stream as well. So I think uh, this shows a hell of a lot of promise and it's going to be a game changer for uh, easy lightning everywhere. Yeah, and the, the only other thing that I'd add is I just want to kind of harp on and say thank you to Breeze for choosing to publish this and make it open source and give back to the Bitcoin ecosystem through free and open source software. Because obviously y'all could have just run with it internally, kept <laughs> it as a closed source thing that you used and it could have no benefited way. you. It could have built a monopoly. Uh, but that's the whole thing. Uh, if we're, you're starting from the vision that Bitcoin needs to be decentralized and secure, you're never going to create another choke point. Like, we don't want to be the choke point. Um, so, yeah, 
even on the highest level, people should be able to connect to any lightning service provider or if any attack vector, uh, if you create a choke point, you don't know what the future holds. And uh, I would say Bitcoiners really understand the problems of centralization. And a choke point is another way of saying there is too much centralization at this particular point. So when you start from that vision, and that's why I admire the whole uh, Breeze team that they started with the proper vision and they didn't say, oh, uh, okay, theoretically this should be the right thing or the wrong thing. They're trying to make that vision and even if nobody did it previously, they're, uh, they know what is the end goal and that's what uh, the whole team is following. Yeah, I definitely definitely feel you there in the the ethos of valuing free and open source software as a, a tool to expand Bitcoin and, and get Bitcoin in more hands is one that that rings true here. That's obviously core to what I do, what QA does, and core to foundation as well. Um so I'm I'm thankful that there are other companies in the space that are approaching this from doing things the right way from the ground up uh, and not compromising to take shortcuts, not trying to to build regulatory moats or leverage the kind of uh the legal approaches that we can to to keep the things that we build to ourselves, but really are out to to better humanity and to better the Bitcoin ecosystem through that. So a huge thank you for that. And definitely, definitely glad to hear that that ethos is behind this. Um, and the, the last question I had for you, uh, Ivan, was just quickly, when will this Breeze SDK approach actually be live in Breeze, the, the app? Like uh, the whole team said, like we're not committing to any um, time frame because we don't want to disappoint or anything. Um, but uh, when it is released, uh, that means that it holds the values that we are trying to aspire. All of us Bitcoiners trying to aspire to. But uh, yeah, when it is live, we'll definitely publish it. <laughs> <laughs> It's the uh, the typical soon TM in the in the space. I think no dev wants to commit to a, a timeline yeah. for release on stuff like that. It's it's so tricky. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, uh, it's so um, so many things are we have not been there yet. So if you went through a particular path, you can estimate. Okay, it took me uh, five months previous time, so I can commit to a time frame. That's the tricky part. If uh, it the unknown was predictable, <laughs> it wouldn't be unknown. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely understand that. Hard to predict with something like this and, and such a huge step forward, um, but really excited to, to see that go live. I know that Breeze SDK is something that that our team is is interested in, and and I I can't wait to see what other solutions get built out around this, uh, and what what benefit we see in the ecosystem uh, because y'all decided to make this a, a free and open source tool and something that anybody can can go ahead and implement. So that's it's a super exciting time. Thanks for jumping in for this episode of Journey to Sovereignty. And I hope you'll join us for our next live Twitter space every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. GMT. Joining us live gives you a chance to listen in, participate, and get your questions answered on the spot. Follow us at FoundationDVCS on Twitter to keep up with the latest news, get notifications when we go live, and much more. See you at the next one, and thanks for joining us on the Journey to Sovereignty.